1 Samuel chapter number 2. When you're there, say amen. If you're not, say oh no. I'm saying oh no for a moment here tonight. I might be a little more in teaching mode, but we'll just see how the Lord anoints us tonight to bring forth what He has for us. Um, I believe that we could all agree that we're in a very critical time in the American church. Very, very, very critical time because as, as many of you have heard from this platform, not only by me and Pastor Ron, uh, but on Friday night, even Brother Austin made mention of it at youth conference, which, by the way, I, I want to thank those that helped, Sister Katie, Sister Emma, my wife as well, and, and Brother Keaton helped out with that. I'm very appreciative of their work here all over the weekend. It was a busy weekend, but a good weekend. But on Friday night, Brother Austin alluded to the fact that there are saints of God that are going home to be with the Lord and inherit their eternal reward for their lives here on earth. And that the church has been and will continue to be for the next few years in a season of transition. You're going to see these young men and women of God step up and become worship leaders, intercessors, evangelists. You will begin to see them uh, become pastors and missionaries. I believe you will see them uh, operate under the unction of the power of the Holy Ghost. But I want you to realize something, and I, I'm going to bounce around a little bit tonight. But in 1 Samuel chapter 2, or chapter 2, 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 21, and then you'll, you'll want to mark Judges chapter 13, verses 24 and 25. You'll want to mark 2 Kings 11, 1 through 3, Luke 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 52. We're going to be all over the place tonight, but I'm just going to read you one verse. If you don't want to follow along and just write it down and read it later, that's fine. But it says in verse 21 of 1 Samuel chapter 2, And the Lord visited Hannah. And so that she conceived and bared three sons and two daughters. This is Hannah that prayed for Samuel, okay? Prayed for a son. God moved on that request. Um, and, and the Bible tells us at, that she dedicated Samuel back to the Lord because the Lord moved upon her request for a son. But this is, is, this is, this is what the Bible says here is that she had three sons and two daughters, so six total children, counting Samuel. But the Bible's focusing on Samuel's story in this text, and it says, and Samuel grew before the Lord. And Samuel grew before the Lord. If you go to Judges 13 and 24 and 25, it says, this is Samson's parents. And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move, began to move him at times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Esto. The second Kings chapter 11 tells us of a story. Verses one through three sums it up quite quickly. And Athaliah, the mother of Isaiah, saw her son was dead, and she rose to de destroy all the, all the seed, all the seed royal. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter 
of, Jor- of Joram, sister of Azariah, took Joash, the son of Isaiah, and stole him from among the king's son which were slain, sons which were slain. And they hid him, even him and his nurse, in the bedchamber from Athaliah, so that he was not slain. And he was with her, hid in the house of the Lord six years. And Athaliah did reign over the land. Luke chapter 2 and verse 52 says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. You say, what, what, how are we tying all this together? There is a theme in these scriptures of development. There's a theme in these scriptures of, de- of development. And I'm going to ask Pastor Ronnie to come and, and I'm, I'm going to tie a lot of things together, okay, for you tonight. And again, I might be in, in teaching mode, but I'm going to somewhat interview him just really quickly because I, I hear a lot of times about how church used to be, okay? And I know from my grandparents, I mean, my, my grandmother is absolutely a prayer warrior, a woman of God that has seen many, many things in her time. And I'm not picking on pastor because I believe he's old. He's just older than me. Okay. Okay. I'm not picking on you because you're old. You're just older than me. Okay. So don't be too hurt at me. But I want to ask you just real simply, pastor, there, there was a term that was thrown around in my childhood, but it was very common in your childhood. And it was to pray through to pray through. What, in your words, what, what did that mean? What did that look like when an elder or, or someone in the church said, well, and such and such prayed through? I think that basically comes to the conclusion, the understanding is that the elders of faith, uh, they did not want you to just experience a touch. Yeah. Uh, but they wanted you to walk in complete deliverance or complete victory. And uh, they understood that really it's more than just coming and kneeling or coming and standing and feeling a release. Yeah. Uh, I think we have left that for sure to a certain degree. But to pray through means exactly what it says, is to get through that which was uh, bringing bondage into your life or get through that which was uh, causing hardship at any particular time, no matter what it was. But they wanted you to be completely delivered, completely set free, or move beyond where you yeah. were currently. Now, now was that a, a common term that the elders used to you, that would say to you younger folks, or would it say you need to pray through? Would they say things like that? Would, did they emphasize praying through? Was it, was it a big emphasis in the church? I think it was an emphasis. Uh, uh, I can't even talk. Emphasized. It was emphasized. Uh, <laughs> Uh, to walk in deliverance, to walk yeah. in freedom, to walk in a place not so much where I think where the big change is today in our culture, and it's not to say that everything was completely right back there and that we got it all wrong now. No. Uh, but I think that the focus was that if you was to come out from the world, it was not to just come out and stay as close to the world as you could. Yeah but they wanted you to come from the world and transition into the presence of God and be as far away from the world. Uh, and that's why they was always emphasizing 
to get through or to go beyond. Okay. Now, last question for you. If you it, would you summarize, in your opinion, would you summarize praying through? Um, would you summarize it as just spiritual perseverance? I think it can it can mean that, but I think praying through is getting to a place where you realize your need of His help. Yeah. Uh, because I think sometimes in our modern day culture we've gotten so used to trying to do everything for ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think then, and I think we should learn from that even now, that to understand that we have to pray through means our dependence upon him, yeah. uh, the dependence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and the importance of that, because I think uh, we have kind of lost our way with, the, with some of those things. So, And I think the thing is, is praying through was something that they didn't expect you to do by yourself, yes. but it was something that they was willing to come alongside you and help you do. That's right. Uh, now, I know sometimes it may have been a little crazy. I can remember <laughs> 19 years old, somebody saying, hang on, somebody saying, let go. Uh, you had to interpret what they was wanting you to do, but the thing is, they wanted you to pray until you got delivered or got victory. And I can remember, even as a young man, uh, that uh, I was never... Whenever the Lord would be dealing with my heart uh, and I'd find myself at an altar praying, I was never praying alone. That's right. Uh, they was always there to come alongside and to be that encouragement and that help. Uh, maybe even at times been overzealous with it, but I will never condemn that generation yeah. for that. Uh, but I think they did what they knew how to do based right. on the understanding that they had. And right. I think sometimes we become educated uh, and we've lost the importance of the value of the touch, the value of being there for somebody and, yeah. and undergirding them and, and pu pushing with them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you, Pastor. Give Pastor a hand tonight. Thank you. I know that's kind of different. It's kind of different to do what I just did. But what I want you to realize is that the elder saints, and, and I, I agree with Pastor, I, I, I heard a minister say this one time. He said, I'm not saying you have to go back to legalism and all these things. And I, I believe in, in a lot of things that they believed in. You know, for them, modesty was just being so far away from the world. They didn't even want to look like the world. They don't act like the world. I understand that, that that is, I believe that is a good thing. Now, many people did take things too far and this and that. But there was one thing that our grandparents, my grandparents' generation did well, and it was pray. There's one thing they did very well, and it was to travail and to persevere and, and to pray until you pray through. Where, where really what you could summarize what Pastor was saying is to pray through is, is to literally pray to a point that your life is altered, that your spirit is altered. So you say, what does this have to do with any of your scripture tonight? Here, here's what I want you to understand and I want you to get tonight is that our, our elders, our, the, the elders of the faith, our, my grandparents, their, their generation, they understood what it took for victory to be lived in and not just walked in occasionally. They understood what it meant to live a different lifestyle, a different standard. They realized what it took to see the miraculous power of God move in their life, and it was prayer. 
but something they instilled in their children. And, and for too long it has been so idle in my parents' generation is the concept is they knew that they had to teach their children how to pray. Why? Because if their children knew how to pray, their children would grow. Okay, stay with me tonight. They knew that they had to not only plant a seed in their children's lives, but they had to nurture it until it grew and flourished. You see, a plant, a flower, a, a crop of corn, whatever it may be, it has to be in the right atmosphere for it to develop and to grow. We read of men in the Bible in these stories. We read of Samuel. He was put into, to, into the temple. He was put into the presence of God. He was put in a climate and an atmosphere for him to grow. What is atmosphere? It's a surrounding influence or environment. He was put into an environment where he worked around the presence of God. Listen, there was some messed up stuff going on with Eli's son in that time, but he was still around the presence presence of God. Uh, he was still working in the temple. Uh, he was surrounded by holy things and sacred things. Uh, and the Bible would tell us in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3 uh, that, that something, something good was going on in his life because the Lord began to speak to him and saw him as a vessel. And the Bible says here uh, again in 1 Samuel chapter 2 and 21 uh, that Samuel grew before the Lord. What does that word grew mean? And the Hebrew, it means to advance, to bring up, to exceed, to be excellent, to increase, to nourish, to promote. And what we have in the American church is we have a generation that desires to be moved on by God, that desires God to move into their generation. But listen, I see so often they'll come to the altar and not only are people not there praying for them, but oftentimes they'll pray five minutes and they lead the same way they went down. And I'm not saying it's bad for you to come to the altar. I want you to come to the altar. I'm not trying to shame anyone here tonight I'm trying to teach you a little something uh, is what happened uh, what happened what kind of atmosphere uh, did we create to where we think that we could come to church uh, and lead the same way we came what kind of atmosphere uh, have I created uh, that my children could could hear the songs of Zion being sung uh, they can feel the anointing of God uh, but it never alter or change their life uh, they still leave depressed uh, they still leave anxious uh, they still leaving. They leave the house still living in fear and uncertainty. They 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 think they know what faith is, but they 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 haven't really operated in that faith. That they don't technically, as we were talking about earlier, pray through. Is because what if we have not put them in an atmosphere where they can grow? Listen, I thank God for these young people and I thank God for the growth uh, that I've seen in these young people. I, I'm not trying to bash anything like that, but I'm saying here tonight, uh, young people and elders alike, uh, if you want to see God do next level things, uh, it's going to take next level prayer. If you want next level maturity in your spiritual life, uh, you want next level faith, uh, you're going to have to have next level growth uh, and to have next level growth 
growth, uh, you are going to have to create an atmosphere. Uh, 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 an atmosphere, again, is an influence or an environment uh, where you can grow. And how do you create an atmosphere? Uh, through prayer and through worship. But we see here that Samuel grew before the Lord. He matured. He advanced. He exceeded. He, he, he was a person that was nourished. He increased. He was promoted because he grew in the right atmosphere. If I could title this tonight, just simply be grow. What does it take to grow? The Bible tells us in Judges 13, I'm going back through these scriptures again, that a woman bare a son and called his name Samson and he grew. It's the same word, same Hebrew word that it is in 1 Samuel chapter 2. He grew, he advanced, he, he was brought up, he exceeded, he was excellent, he increased, he was nourished, he was promoted. He grew and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to move or trouble or stir, move him at times at the camp of Dan. So what, 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 what happened is, is that Samson grew in the right atmosphere. His parents uh, were godly people. They had had an encounter with an angelic being from heaven uh, that, that told them they were going to have this son uh, and they realized if they were going to have this godly Levitical son uh, that he had to be raised in a godly atmosphere uh, with a godly mindset and the Bible says uh, that he excelled. Uh, he grew. He excelled. He exceeded. Uh, he advanced uh, because he grew in the right atmosphere. Am I making sense for you tonight? <coughs> Excuse me. But then we see the story. You say, well, how does the story of Joash fit in here? It's because Joash's parents were dead and gone. This is where the spiritual fathers and mothers comes in. Joash's parents were, were dead. When his dad, Azariah, died, his grandmother stepped up and she wanted power for herself uh, and she began, think about this. Think about this, grandparents. I know I got grandparents in the house. Think about this. She began to kill her grandchildren because she wanted power. She began to kill her grandchildren because she wanted power, but his aunt... His aunt, a spiritual mother in his life, said, I'm going to take him and I'm going to take his nurse and I'm going to put them in a room in the house of God. And for the next six years, really what that Bible, what the Bible says is saying here is, is that he grew, he advanced, he excelled, he exceeded, he was promoted because he grew in the house of the Lord. He was surrounded by holy people, godly people, a godly the atmosphere and there was an atmosphere that caused him to grow and when he the time came seven years later he was anointed king he was a godly king he was a righteous man he did things God's way why because someone took the time to say I'm going to create an atmosphere in your life where you will no longer stay the same but you'll learn how to pray through you'll learn how to worship when nobody else is worshiping You'll learn how to lead and how to be a righteous and just leader. Someone took the time to create an atmosphere in which Joash could grow. So when I ask you tonight, 
Are we as parents, as adults? I think about this all the time. The burden weighs on me all the time. People really don't realize this. Uh, uh, You know, I know, I thank God for mothers, and I thank God. uh, I believe that no one can outwork a mother and all these things. Uh, But I will tell you this as a man, uh, there is so much stress and so many things uh, that men put on their lives. And and one of those things that I put on my life is Am I going to be a godly example for my children? Uh, You say, Well, you're a preacher. Of course you can be. Listen, I know many children that were raised in preachers' homes that want nothing to do with what their parents preached, what their parents did with their life. Why? Because some of these men and women of God were great men and women of God, but but they didn't create an atmosphere in their home which their children to that were for their children to grow. Now I understand they're not responsible for their children's choices and this and that. And I'm not saying every preacher that has a lost child is in the wrong, but there are many preachers that totally neglect neglected their family uh, and, 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 and in that fact uh, their children didn't know how to grow uh, they didn't nur- they, they, they weren't nourished they weren't promoted uh, they weren't exceeding expectation they weren't advancing uh, because we, the, the parents were so consumed uh, with this and with that uh, and I want you to know as parents and grandparents uh, we cannot get too busy uh, me as a father I cannot get too busy uh, to hold my daughter's hands uh, and to pray over her life I want to ask you young people. I want to ask you parents. I'm going to ask the young people first. When's the last time you heard your mom and dad pray? I'm not saying pray over your life, but when's the last time that you heard them praying over your home? I tell my wife this way. I woke up in the morning and I could hear my father upstairs speaking in tongues, speaking in a heavenly language. When I laid my head down at night, I could hear my mother crying out to God, speaking in a heavenly language. You see, I was raised in an atmosphere where I could grow. It wasn't, I believe wholeheartedly, parents, you should pray for your children. I believe that wholeheartedly. But I want to know, young people, have you ever heard your parents pray? Have you ever heard your parents cry out to God? You say, well, I hear them in church. I'm not talking about church. Are you raising them not only in a church atmosphere, but a home atmosphere where your children can grow and prosper? Now I want to ask you parents, uh, when's the last time that your children uh, heard you pray? Uh, Not just pray, oh God, now I lay me down to sleep. I I pray my soul to keep. Uh, If I die before I wake, uh, I pray the Lord my soul to take. No, I'm talking about where you got uh, in the spirit uh, and you said, God, I plead the blood over my children. Uh, I plead the blood over my house. Uh, I plead the blood over my church, uh, over my pastor, uh, over my community. When's the last time that your children uh, saw you? You speak in a heavenly language. When did we come become bashful about who we are? And I'll tell you who we are. We're not Pentecostal by denomination. We're Pentecost by experience because we pray through not only to salvation but to the Holy Ghost. So why are we ashamed for our children to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Why are we ashamed to be who God has called us and created us to be? Where is the atmosphere for our children to grow. 
Just being honest with you tonight, I, I, I love you, I, I really do, uh, but I, I want you to know I, I appreciate the growth in these young people. I appreciate uh, your support over this last weekend, uh, that you were here, that you were in this house. Uh, that's phenomenal, that's great, uh, but I want you to know I have higher expectations for these young people, not just because I want to set the bar high uh, and I want them to do so good so it looks good. On, no, I, I don't think about that stuff at all. Uh, here's what I want. Uh, I want to come back in 10 years uh, and they're in missions uh, and they're preaching uh, and they're pastoring uh, and they're operating in intercession uh, and they're, they're handing out food to the poor. Uh, they're ministering to them on the streets uh, that they're holding hands uh, with the homosexual and praying them through uh, to salvation uh, and to the Holy God. I want to see this generation uh, operating in a level of faith uh, that people will bring the dead to them uh, and say I need you to lay hands on them uh, and they do it and it's done. I want to see next level things out of this generation but for them to have next level anointing, next level faith, we as parents got to come alongside like the elders did in pastor's day and come to the altar with them and say you got to pray through. I don't want you to live depressed anymore. I don't want you to live with suicidal thoughts anymore. I don't want you to live downtrodden and discouraged. I don't want you to live in the mess you're in. I want you to grow. I want you to persevere in prayer. The Bible tells us, Luke chapter 2, I've already quoted it to you tonight. But we go through the Christmas story in all of Luke chapter 2. Talk about the shepherds. We talk about the magi. We, we talk about all these great things. It's a great story. An amazing story, Brother Dan. But at the end of that chapter, it says, and Jesus increased. He increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. That word increased means to grow. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. It also means to advance. Jesus advanced in wisdom and in stature. Well, right now you're probably saying, well, he's Jesus, he's the son of God. He's 100% God, but never forget he was 100% flesh. And God did not just select Jesus' parents from the draw of a hat, but he came to Mary and he came to Joseph and he told them that they were chosen. Why? Because God knew that Mary and Joseph could create an atmosphere in which for his son to grow. They knew. God knew. By entrusting Mary and Joseph with their son Jesus, they could create an atmosphere through their life in which for him to grow. They'll come to the music tonight. I just want to ask you tonight, are we creating an atmosphere? Are we surrounding our children? Are we influencing their environment to cause them to grow? Listen, I'm not saying your children need to be perfect and that your children will never do this or never do that. Listen, you did this and you did that. It's not what I'm saying here tonight. But Gloria, 
talking with my father, talking with my grandmother. Katie, I miss, I, I can just, I, I miss it. And I, 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 I experienced it with my parents, but I, I miss the thought of my grandfather coming up to me and patting me on the back and say, let's pray through, let's pray through. Because what, what, what they were saying, Brother Jason, is you don't have to live the way that you're living. Listen, I'm not here to say that you're not saved and this and that. That's not what it was. They weren't questioning your salvation when they're saying you need to pray through. What they were saying is there's a level of anointing. There's a level of faith. There's a level of holy consecration that you can arise to if you'll pray through. Brother Dan, they prayed. They, they would come together and they say, son, we're going to pray through because you don't have to live with that lust. Young person, you don't have to live with those comparisons on your life. And I miss that. Because the church has got caught up in entertainment. And I know like even tonight, I, for example, I, many people look around and say, well, there's not a lot of people here. And listen, I want you to know that doesn't matter to me. I, yes, I would love for the, the pews to be full and everybody be singing hallelujah, but that, that doesn't affect my worship. It doesn't. I'm, it doesn't. Listen, I don't need anybody to lead me into worship. I don't need anybody to take me there. I don't need anybody to... I don't need anybody to do anything like that. Pump me up, entertain me, be my cheerleader. When it comes to worship, when it comes to prayer, why? Because someone already showed me long ago. They don't need to show me again. My parents showed me. My grandparents showed me. Because Brother Chris had created an atmosphere in which I could grow. Why? Because one day they knew that I would have to create an atmosphere for my daughters to grow. I wouldn't have mommy and daddy's atmosphere forever. God knew, my mother knew, I wouldn't have my mother's prayers forever. I wouldn't, have her, I wouldn't hear her voice forever. Cameron, what she placed on the inside of me allowed me to grow. And that instead of at her death running from God and feeling betrayed by God, I could have an encounter with God. And it altered the course of my life. That came because I had a mother and a father that said, I want you to grow. I want you to prosper. I want you to advance. I want you to exceed. I want you to be excellent. Even in discipline, children, listen. Even in discipline, your parents 
and the Lord are not disciplining you to hurt you. But even the rose bush before it blooms has to be trimmed. Even after it blooms, it has to be trimmed to maintain its growth. So I want to ask you tonight, as you stand across this house, young person, are you willing to persist in prayer? Because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you one-on-one. This is, this is ministry class material, one-on-one. You're not going to feel it all the time. Dan, if I operated in my feelings, I wouldn't do half the stuff I did. Because there's days you just don't feel like it. Brother Jason, there's days you don't feel like going, getting up, driving to Cincinnati and going to work, I'm sure. Every day. Young people, you're not always going to feel it, but will you, will you pray through? You don't have to live with that thing that just nags at you the rest of your life. If you pray through, you rise above. I'm rising above. You're literally overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. You're getting over it. I'm going to read one last portion of Scripture for you. I've touched on this before. I've preached on this before. 1 Samuel chapter 19. David is on the run from Saul. Saul is jealous because the people began to sing that Saul kills his thousands and David kills his tens of thousands. So David's on the run for his life. And he goes to Ramah where the prophet of God is, where Samuel is. And instead of running, you know what Samuel decides to do? Ethan, he says, we're going to have a worship service. We're going to pray. We're going to worship. We're going to prophesy. And Saul, in verse 20 of that chapter, says, And Saul sent messengers to take David, men to take him, to take him prisoner. And when they saw the company of the prophets prophesying and Samuel standing as appointed over them, the Spirit of God was upon those messengers, the enemy. And they also prophesied. If you read on in that story, Paul sends messengers again to apprehend and arrest David. Brother Dan, the same thing happens. The Spirit of God comes upon them. They begin to prophesy. So Saul again sends messengers. The Spirit of God moves upon them. They begin to prophesy. So Saul says, I will take care of this myself and goes down there. And the Bible says that the Spirit of God came upon him so strong that he began not only to prophesy, but he tore his clothes off embarrassed himself in the presence of the Lord. What, what am I trying to get at is the elders created such an atmosphere around him that the enemy could not touch them, could not touch David. And that the enemy, Saul, was even exposed. 
because of the atmosphere that was created in the house. So can we create an atmosphere in this modern day for David's to grow, for Samuel's to grow, for Samson's to grow, for Joash's to grow? Can we create an atmosphere for Christ-like men and women of God to grow and travail? So I'm going to ask you to come to these altars and just remember as we preached about last Wednesday God told Jacob you now have power with, with God and with man. Why? Because you prevailed. He wrestled with God. That's a spiritual symbolism of prayer. He wrestled with God until he prevailed. Until, Brother Jason, he prayed through. And his identity was changed. He had power with God. He had power with men because he prevailed. So I'm going to ask you tonight, will you come and prevail in prayer? Whatever you have need of. I know it's a quiet service. I love this. What better night to be filled with the Holy Spirit? What better night than to get deliverance from the fear and the depression in your life than tonight? Today is the day. So I'm going to ask you to come. Whether it's at hey everybody, Pastor Ron, I pray that today's message and program has been just a great blessing to you. And I just am uh, so thankful that we had the privilege to come into your home today or wherever you may be watching. I would encourage you to uh, continue to follow us. We're on all of the major social media platforms. Uh, we have podcasts that you can follow us with. I would encourage you to reach out to us and let us know. Our information's on the screen. And uh, if we've been a blessing to you, please contact us. Let us know. And we look forward to sharing the word of the Lord with you again uh, next time. God bless you. We'll see you soon.